Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church by the local church. My name is John Schloftis, and I'm here with my co-host, my soldier in arms, my fellow podcaster in the trenches, Jack Barry. Brocephus Barius, yeah. Brose- Dude, I like that. Brocephus Barius Esquire. Oh my god! Let's throw you an Esquire on oh the end of there geez. just for kicks and giggles, should we? Uh, dude, how you doing, my man? Doing well. Doing well. Good it is sir. always good to see your smiling, bearded face. Mm-hmm. That is true, dude. You posted on Twitter a while ago <laughs> a pic like there. You know, uh, uh, again, Twitter trends, right? They they rip through like crazy. Yes. So it was like post a pic of yourself before quarantine. Yep. Versus after quarantine. Yeah. Dude, before quarantine, Jack looked like a flipping Amish. Uh, you looked, I looked Amish, bro. I looked um, about four more inches of beard closer to being a Old Testament scholar at, you look at a rabbinical school or something like that. Like haggard, <laughs> haggard. Now again, we have to remember this was pre pre marriage, pre married Jack. The countenance Which Joel of, brought out too yeah, on that post. The countenance of Jack uh, after being married. Rightly so, has improved dramatically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're less angsty. Yes. <laughs> oh, dude, marriage is good, man. It is. I do appreciate being married. Yeah. I like I sometimes I think back to like I wonder what it'd be like to be single again. Like I was a horrible single dude. <laughs> I really was. I didn't take care of myself at all. I mean, it's not like I take care of myself hugely now, but at least now I have like a wife that looks after me. So, yeah. You know? But, like, being single was just, like, I mean, for me, specifically, I was, I was depressed, dude. It was, wasn't fun. Hmm. I mean, I, I always liked it. I mean, the thing about singleness was, is, like, I guess the thing that I appreciated about my singleness is something that I also appreciate now going into marriage is where I would be very spontaneous in my singleness and do all these different things, and now I get to do that with my wife. And so those are always fun. I mean... My wife is very spontaneous as well, too, and so I just wish you'd be a little bit more spontaneous with this podcast. Wow! Just like every time, wow! Like, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I got something to do. 
I gotta go. I gotta go to a barbecue. I gotta go like walk my non-existent dog. Oh my! God. I've gotta like you know. I've gotta go take a picture of stuff. Do you like? I, like hey, like I gotta leave. Keep talking that way, and you're gonna get COVID like Joey did. Okay, oh, Joey, <laughs> poor Joey. Oh, dude, jo- Jojo got the cocoa. He did. <laughs> oh, poor guy. He got poor the row. He got the row. Rona. <laughs> poor guy. Well, <laughs> uh, in all honesty, I hope Joe gets better. From the Rona, because yeah. it ain't fun, dude. Speaking of JoJo, let's we haven't we haven't ragged on Doc and Devo for a little while, dude. What's with the brothers from another mother? They are, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like they're like they're like the older brother, who's like cooler and way more popular, um, and like the reformatory is like the uh, what do you say? We're like we're like trying to like be like our older brother, but also. Don't want to be our older brother because so we want to be different. Are are we really equating this to we're Jacob and they're Esau? Oh my goodness, <laughs> they, they are, are hairier. They, they are hairier. <laughs> I just knew you were gonna go there. <laughs> and, and between the two, I think we'd be much more likely to steal someone's birthright. <laughs> yes, that's true. Absolutely. For a bowl of soup, <laughs> absolutely, dude. They keep they keep like like taking our live our Instagram live spots. Yeah, they keep swagger jacking our uh, our time slots. <laughs> I remember. So, if you all did not see this or follow us on Instagram, we went live with one of our good friends, Dwayne, over there. Shout out to Dwayne in uh, North Carolina. And uh, man, right when we were going on, I saw that little notification. Dude, like same Diva's going time. <laughs> Same, d- and here's the thing: we advertised ours like we two did. days in advance. We did. We gave them. Yeah. We said, "Hey, come hey. on now!" And we gave them the right timing too. We said 8 p.m. Eight. Eastern time. Seriously, which was 5 p.m. our time over here in the Pacifica land. So uh, yeah. And what happens 8 p.m. Eastern time? Stocking people like a jack taking over. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Oh uh, man, no. We love Joe and Jimmy. Good, good podcast. Uh, good guys, good friends. Mm-hmm. Which uh, you know, big question, Jack. Like, what podcast are you into right now? This is always an interesting question because for yeah. me, my podcasts like ebb and flow. Yeah, like I like right now, I'm not like I go through times in my life where I'm like really into podcasts, and then times where I like I listen to no podcasts whatsoever. Yeah. It's really weird. I have a I have a small commute, so I can turn them on pretty much in rotation. So. And right now I'm commuting three days a week. Plus, if you're in the South Sound area, usually you'll commute somehow, some way. And so um, I would say top three are probably going to be, <laughs> let's be honest here, Rise and Fall Mars Hill for that's crying out loud. That's, right uh, dude, man, that's like that's like some, some quality produced stuff right there. So that's good. That's one in my rotation. Happy Rant. Um, the fellas over at the Happy Ranch. Hey, it was a lot of fun having Ted on. Yes, yep. it is. Yep, yep, yep. Um, which you'll hear from him in our build-up to that interview, um, episode, and also, um, Doxology podcast. So now that's with uh, the guy Jens. on Twitter. Yeah, Jens, right? That's with Jens, and Jens. that's also with. Gosh, I'm trying to remember his name. But uh, they've done some really good stuff of, like, looking at people from, like, church history or, like, doing biographies or going through confessions and really breaking it down. Uh, Jens went to Moody Bible Institute. And I, oh, okay. I'm trying to remember 
I don't know. I'm I'm losing the guy's name. I want to say something with a. I don't know if it's a J. It could be even an. I don't know if it's even an Eric. I'm totally butchering your name, brother, and I'm sorry. Um, but he's more on the more Anglican high church side of things. Ooh. And so, yeah, it's uh, very interesting to have that dynamic in the podcast. But I really enjoy their content and what they put out. And so thankful for them. Yeah, I think for me, so right now, like I'm kind of in that realm where I'm not listening to a lot of podcasts right now. Um, but if, well, you know what, I'm just going to open up my podcast app. All right, here we go. So the ones that I do frequent when I do frequent podcasts, um, yeah, I'm listening to Rise and Fall of Mars Hill for sure. Um, very interesting podcast. Um, Happy Ranch, just because I know Ted and we're friends and I like listening to all the inside jokes that I get a different perspective Lucas. on. Just Jens and Lucas are their names on Doxology, just to clarify. There we go. Yes. Lucas. Um, let's see. Uh, dude, I'm. you know what I'm getting into right now? And I don't, know, I don't know if this is... I actually don't know enough to know if this is like a taboo subject for Christians. Okay. But uh, some true crime. Oh, yeah. True cri- crime oh, yeah. podcasts. Yeah. Uh, there's something about it that I just, I really, really like. I've always loved like detective movies and, you know, detective shows and cop shows and stuff like that. So I've been listening to some true crime stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, the True Crime Garage. Obviously, they're not believers. So, you know, sure. there's there's some language and stuff like that that yeah. you have to you have to sort through if that's uh, a conscience issue for you. Um, let's Not Meet is like a cool, like sort of... It's not quite horror, but it's kind of it's like it's like a suspense podcast where it's yeah. it's like th- usually three or four short stories in one episode, and they're condensed like j- just like condensed complete stories, and yeah. they're just it's really cool. What's interesting about podcasts too? Um, so my so one of my friends Joel, who is my best man, at my wedding. Josh was in my wedding too, as one of my groomsmen. Um, but Joel and I would commute down from Ellensburg to Yakima and we would listen to these different podcasts. We would listen to 99% Invisible, which is more of an economics thing. Joel okay. was an economics major and he's in data analysis. And so he, him and I would nerd out on that stuff. But we would also listen to this podcast called Dirty John. Have you heard of this? I have not. Um, Dirty oh my John? gosh. Yes. There was a podcast series called Dirty John. And it was basically chronically. Sounds like a sandwich you get in the Bronx. <laughs> Give me a Dirty Jan. Hey, hey, I like one of them Dirty Johns. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, extra, extra dirty. <laughs> extra cheese whiz on that. Extra, oh. um, okay. Get some extra prosciutto on that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so uh. basically, the podcast was about this guy who like had swindled all these different women, and like had like basically tried to swindle them out of money and stuff like that and it just goes really south and it takes place in like southern california which is totally token (laughs) southern california um but yeah it was it's like it's like gets you it's like what's gonna happen next like this guy is doing this what's gonna happen next he's acting this way he's doing these things um it was interesting there was one dynamic of that podcast is the woman involved the wife of this guy was going they met at like a church or something like that it was like a big a big eva church big eva um, so whatever that was, means was um, al moeller the pastor what's that because it was al moeller the pastor <laughs> because supposedly al moeller is big eva now My according Dougie. according My to Dougie. some good gracious uh okay whatever but uh yeah dirty john is something to definitely listen to as far as podcasts go i know they made it into like this weird movie series on like hbo or 
something stars or something like that. It just didn't work out. But the podcast is definitely riveting. Definitely that thriller in that thriller arena. Dude, that's awesome. That sounds cool. Dirty John. It still sounds like a sandwich. Like, I feel like I need to make a sandwich with it. With it, it sounds now. sort of like some menu item. It really does. Like, I'll have the, I'll have the Dirty John with fries, <laughs> but, you, but, but it's, it's on the menu with zero description. Like, like, there's no description of what it is. People it's just on have the to, secret menu. It's on the secret <laughs> menu. Dude, what what It's on the secret menu what? of Jersey Mike's. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> It's not the Dirty Mikes. It's the Dirty Johns. Oh yeah, at at, at Jersey Mikes. Yep. I love it so much. Dude, or it could a- be, or it could be something. It, it would only be regulated to. I feel like New York City of like Shake Shack. Or yeah, yeah. Like there you go. There you go. <laughs> like what a burger. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my no, god. White Castle, dude. It's a secret oh menu on White Castle, dude. That's what it is. The last White Castle I have ever seen was just outside of Louisville, Kentucky. And I was like, it was like this little peep into like a time window. And I'm like, I really just, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. And this is probably going to be anathema to a lot of people. White Castle burgers make me gag. Oh, well, there you go. I can't folks. stand them, dude. They're so bad. There you go. They're so bad. All right, Jack. Well, let's actually get to our topic today. Um, we're going to tread light. Actually, you know, this one's going to be more of a conversational piece because. Yep. Jack and I might not even even be on the same page on this one, which will be very interesting. But thankfully, it's a secondary issue. Mm. No, this is salvation. This is salvific. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Jack, multi-service uh, church services. I didn't think that one through. Multi, you know, multi-services within church on a Sunday morning. One service, second service, early service. Late service, third service, fourth service, fifth service, contemporary service, traditional, <laughs> traditional service. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Um, yay or nay? Go. Okay. So <laughs> I've been for or against uh, the people's court. Dun, 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 Judge Wapner. Um, so I've been a part of churches that have done the one service and also have done. I am currently at a local church that does two services: one at eight forty-five, one at ten thirty. Completely depends. I'm kind of tossed up in the air on this. Um, may many people may have dug in their heels, but this completely depends upon a couple different factors. I think that's why we want to make this a di- more of a dialogue instead of a right, uh, a more of a let's uh, let's suspend the dialogue and go straight into adjudication. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, for me, it really depends upon the like. I guess the size of your local church. And what I mean by that is your building size. Like, is your sanctuary equipped to have all the members of your church in it and even visitors come there? Or is it equipped for a a multi-service kind of Lord's Day? So... Really depends upon factors. So let's talk about that one real, real quick. And again, because there, there's multi factors that I think need to be addressed, and we might not get to a conclusion on all of them. um, But again, conversation, just spurring on the conversation, because I don't think in this particular topic there's one right answer. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the topics Jack and I talk about, there's kind of a there, there's a right answer. (laughs) You know, there's a right and there's a wrong. This one. It's to me. It's gray. I think it's it's mm-hmm. an issue that you engage in with grace, yeah. and realize that 
different churches do it differently. And even though it might not line up with what we specifically think is good, we can't call it sinful. We can't call it wrong um, because that we just we don't have that in scripture. Now, I think there are best practices, which is the point of this conversation, right? Sure. So say you don't have a building that Mm -hmm. is large enough to house all of the members of your church, right? The Lord is gracious and in his providence increases the numeric uh, value, if you will, of your congregation, right? He's bringing more and more families, more and more people to your local church. So, I mean, first off, praise the Lord. Fantastic that he should see fit to do that. But your building is not big enough to squeeze them all in, (laughs) right? Uh, You've got standing room only, right? Like we're going back to Spurgeon, standing room only. Um, You've got a couple choices. And I guess this is part of the conversation. You can, one, which I think is the wrong choice, the wrong thing to do, turn people away. (laughs) Just say, sorry, we're out of room. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't think that's right. Yeah. But it is an option. <laughs> it's not a it's not a good option. Not the greatest option, it's but yeah, a, it's not an a, option not a, nonetheless. Not a loving option. Yeah. Um you can go to two services, which I is what I think most churches do. Um or or you could build a bigger <laughs> church building. That's another option, right? right? I don't know if you have the money for that. I don't know what that looks like because I mean, you could do that a couple different ways. You do a you do an absolute like no holds bar to your church members to say, "We want to go to one service and we have land that we're looking at. How about we build a new church on this land and just go to one service or we can still just keep meeting the way we're meeting. That's another option, I guess. Yep, that's an option. I And then the final option in my head is you can plant. Yeah. You can plant another church. Yeah. Right? And again, that like all those have different factors within them. So let's let's talk about let's talk about each one just really quick. Don't really need to talk about turning people away. That's just whack. Don't do that. Yeah. If God's pe- bringing people to your church, don't turn them away. Yeah. Don't say no to the Lord to the Lord's leading, right? Yeah. You want people to come into the church and hear the not, gospel. We are not to be driving people. them away. Yes. Right. Yeah. So there, we talked about that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about, let's talk about multi, multi services. Yeah. Um, I'll put my cards on the table mm-hmm. and this is just again for conversation and granted like all trans, you know, full, full disclosure, transparency. I do get the majority of my thoughts on this from Mark Dever, kind of the nine marks model of doing church. You nine Marxist. I'm a nine Marxist. <laughs> Dude, you know what? At this point, unapologetically. Yeah, I mean, I'll go that like, way too. I, I love like, Mark Dever. Like, yeah, do I agree with him on everything? No. But name someone who you do. Yeah. Like, nine Marks has done so much for the local church. Yeah. So much, so, like, so much good stuff for them. Yeah. Um, okay. I see a potential issue with. The multi church, or excuse me, the multi <laughs> Freudian slip. I love my cards. <laughs> You're about to go I, back to the rise and fall, I, Marcel. I, I showed my cards a little bit. The multi service model. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, um, no matter what happens, you can be very diligent to avoid this, but I think it is almost unavoidable that at the end of the day, if you have multi services, you have practically and effectively two separate churches yeah two congregation dynamics sometimes yeah correct 
Correct. And I know that's an issue. Um, you know, that is that is something that that doesn't provide a very good environment for the unity of the church, mm-hmm. right? For the community, for everybody uh, being being of of one accord. Yeah. Right. Um, I think there's a lot of potential problems that can stem practically from having two essentially two separate congregations mm-hmm. under the banner of the same church. Yeah. Thoughts. Um, I can understand that to a certain dynamic, but in our last conversation as well, I can also understand this in the dynamic that we had and talked about the small groups dynamic. Okay. Where we had cross communication with those other small groups within our church. I think you have cross communication within the first service and the second service. So it's not like a segregative kind of motive, but it's more like a, hey, we're doing this because we're kind of restricted on our space or whatever. So um, that's fair. Um, I would I would go back to like the caveat of there can also be cross communication and cross uh, discipleship within that two service model. I don't know about when you, okay, Here's a pet peeve for me. Uh oh. Here we you, go. When you about to go up, off the rails. Okay, you brought up the multi-service. Yeah. <laughs> it if it starts to get to three, four, five services a day. Yes. Okay, that's when. Uh, that's when I feel like we need to reevaluate why we have those services, and is it legitimately. And this has happened too, where people have, I mean, people condense their service Practically, if it's turning into a mega church. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I would say yes to that. That's my caveat. Okay. So so you would say you would be more comfortable with a multi-service model as long as there was a legitimate, intentional... desire and 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 working toward integrating those two services together those the excuse me the community of those two services together any chance that you got yes so how i can relate back to this is sometimes within multi-ethnic churches you have one congregation that is going to be in english speaking and then another congregation that is going to be other than english whether that be uh spanish speaking uh slavic speaking um, depending upon what the community is, the different languages of your community, maybe that's your second service as well too. So that could also be another factor as well. See, I've seen I've seen those happen, but I've never seen them under the banner of the same church. I've hmm. seen I've seen the I've seen the one church allowing their building to be used for the second. Uh, I see second church that's coming in that's you know Slavic speaking or Spanish speaking. Have you actually seen? Though that model under like uh, under the same church, yes, I have. You have. I've never been a part of one, but I've seen it. Yes, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so I could see in that how it would be even more important to be trying doing everything that you can as the leaders of that church to bridge yes. to bridge that gap. Yes. Yep. So how do we do that effectively? Do you think? Ooh. You're asking I mean, a lot of pastoral questions. Josh. I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, just just off the top of my head, I think small groups are really important. Yeah, I think your small groups 
you should have you should have an intentional desire to make your small groups combining of of people from both yeah right because very often like like we talked about you know you, you can form cliques right it's like well this is you know we're first service people or we're second service people right um perhaps utilizing your small groups as a way to bridge that gap so one one aspect that i've seen this is where there's one service that's mostly mostly english speaking and the second service is a is a esl or english as a second language um service and the people who have been predominantly how they've kind of combined is sometimes people from the maybe English, the ESL service um, have time of fellowship to learn English that the church actually puts on English courses and there's like discipleship happening through that. So I've seen that before in a very kind of you're learning, learning English in a very oral understanding way. So I've seen that dynamic. Sure. Sure. That kind of cross connects those services. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I could see that that too, like being a great way for that community to happen. You know, like you're 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 obviously unified in the gospel, but you're you're bonding and forming that community over serving each other. Yeah. In that way. Right. Yeah. So. okay, All right. So, say you have the multi-service model, and you don't like it, right? It's something that, that you're like, ah, I don't think this is the best practice. Um, we want to plant. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't think that that is necessarily a bad or, or, or wrong uh, route to take mm-hmm. if, if you have the ability to do it, right? Yeah. yeah. I would say it can, and here's another thing <clears throat> that's sometimes implied in our conversations and dialogues of this. What's your leader pipeline look like? Oh, yeah. What yeah, yeah. have you raised enough deacons and elders and ministers of the gospel in order to accommodate that going forward? Or are you putting the cart before the horse and saying, I have this vision, let's just do that. And you're rushing towards that. And then you're trying to drag people into leadership and stuff like that. So I would hesitate on the dragging people into leadership and saying, how can we just um, start being proactive and raising up leaders right now in case this happens, which it does, um, versus getting behind in the batting order here. So, yeah, and because I mean, we've both seen what happens when that cart gets put before the horse. Yeah, and you have such a desire to plant churches, which is not a bad desire. Yeah, it's a biblical desire, but that desire and the moving toward that gets put before making sure you have the actual tools required to make it good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like if you don't have the elders. You don't have the leaders. You yeah. don't have the people that are going to make up that that core group. Like you're setting yourself up for some, like that's trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's like that is that is definitely definitely not a situation that you want you want to be in. So, okay, so planting's not a bad option, but you would really want to make sure that you have the ability, not just numerically, but leadership wise quality wise to make that plan happen mm-hmm. yeah yep okay all right 
Um, I mean, dude, like, what about expanding the building? Whew. I mean, I feel like that's like... I mean, just <laughs> buy a bigger house. Well, you know? yeah. I feel like from the jump, you're, um, you're already kind of, like, determining that to a certain degree. Um, like, maybe that you are, in your financial plan, putting aside money every single month from people's offerings um, in order to accommodate that hopefully one day. Um, but I don't know if, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a proactive thing or more like a, we'll, we'll have this in mind, but we're not going to, it's not going to be part of our quote unquote mission. Plan. Sure. Sure. It's more of a red, more of a reactionary. Yeah. Um, action. I mean, I have seen some churches, some churches, don't own a building they just take up space in a previous church that may be dying yeah sure and then they go into that bigger space and then they occupy that which i mean hey i i know at least two people off the top of my head right now that operate in that sense and they, and it's worked for them and they're still seeing disciples being raised up and people coming to jesus so I mean, it, it really depends on where you're at. I, I would say that that model might help out in case you can't even, if you're not even established or you can't even like take over a building from somebody else. So some churches I know have come in to, uh, to acquiring buildings because either that church has died off or they're willing to sell off their property to give it to somebody else. And they've done that. Um, or there's a dying church and they're very stubborn and old and they want to stay dying until they actually sure. die. All sure. of them die out. Yeah. And then that church just comes in and say, hey, can we rent from you for this amount of money in order to do this, in order to accommodate um, our church, our Lord's Day service or services? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it is as simple as like, you know, if you're if you find yourself in that scenario where you're doing the multi-service you don't like it you're starting to see like you know it, it's it's becoming more and more difficult for the the two congregations to have community with each other like sometimes it is as simple as just maybe find another place to meet yeah you don't you don't necessarily have to have to expand your building or you don't necessarily have to plant maybe the answer and more than likely this is probably the most realistic one out of all of them mm-hmm. is be on the lookout for a new place to gather as the church that gives you the ability to all be there together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So so could we say, because I want to model something here that is not often modeled in Reformed culture, is us having subtle disagreements but unifying at the end. Could you say this? Tell me what you think of this statement. Okay. If you have the multi-service model... Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the best model, and if you can deal with the multi-service, you know, in the best way that you can by integrating the two conversa- two congregations, um, providing uh, many means for them to experience community together, yeah. while at the same time looking for looking for a way, any way to bring them together into one service. Yeah, I would say that that's helpful. Um, I would say I would agree with that. 
And there's definitely certain times and places and efforts in order to do that. Um, no doubt about it. I would, that'd be helpful. And I would hope that churches are looking forward to doing that or even having on the Lord's day, another, um, maybe event or not necessarily a service, but maybe something else that brings them all together. Like a potluck. Yes, like an old school, ba- old school Baptist potluck. With casseroles. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, no. those, those weird green bean casseroles uh, that What's-Her-Face brings that no. nobody wants to eat. Oh, baby, what there's is cat hair doing? in it. <laughs> Dude, every, every, every potluck. Here's, like, why, do, why are potlucks so scary, dude? Potlucks scare me. I don't know why it is. Maybe I've just got this weird thing where I just like don't like eating food. Like they're all in the people. basement or what? Well, there's <laughs> that. <laughs> that's true for some reason. Like, can we get back to potlucks? Maybe being outside, right? But just, we had I, one outside. I wouldn't necessarily call it a potluck, but I'd call it like more like a a pot, cookout, pot providence, a cookout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a dad joke. There's nothing lucky about pot. I've heard that so oh many gosh. times. If somebody says, hey, we're going to be having a potluck after church and somebody doesn't crack that joke, I'm sorely disappointed. Sorely I'm taking away your dad card. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you can have it. Just take it from me. Um, all right. All right. So any any final thoughts on that, Jack? Do you, it, like, I, feel like, I feel like for it being a conversational piece, I thought it was pretty good. Yes. I thought Not that bad. went well. I thought that went well. Yes. Yeah, we should have these more. You know what we should do? We should actively look for things that we disagree on. <laughs> and then just like, because one of these days we're going to snap and just start we'll yelling slap. at each other. It'll be amazing. It, it's going to be those uh, Russian slap fight events. Have you seen that? <laughs> Where they're Where like. They're like on the other side of the table just like, slapping yeah, each other. Yeah, and they got to like chalk up and then sl- chalk up their hands just to slap each other. Man, those are intense. I feel like that's what like theological Twitter is. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's two people just teeing off on each other as hard as they can and all of us are just sitting there watching it like this is ridiculous how is this a thing <laughs> oh it's a thing it's, it's a thing. very much a thing yeah. <laughs> absolutely <Jeez. a> thing. <laughs> uh well jack that uh i think that's that's really all i gotta say about that so listeners we'd be interested to hear what you have to say if you're in a church that does the multi-service um how does your church go about bringing those congregations together right um and uh oh one thing that we did not mention that i feel like we should just say really quick that i don't think it's gonna take a lot of discussion yeah for goodness gracious sake (laughs) do not have a traditional and a contemporary (laughs) service don't do that where because then you really are setting up two congregations (laughs) because all the old folks are going to go to the traditional one and all the young folks are going to go to the contemporary one and you are for sure setting up two congregations at that point that that hill i'm fine with planting a flag on (laughs) yeah that's that's okay i'm fine with that that for a couple of reform guys we're really hesitant to make like absolute you know what i say (laughs) well here's the thing like yeah yeah it's interesting. We're so scared, dude. But here's the thing: like the liturgy in like the first service is the same as the liturgy in the second, and we're still kind of like, I mean, you're interweaving a lot of contemporary and traditional within both of my local church services because we'll read the scripture, and our one of our pastors will say, "This is the word of the Lord." We'll say, "Thanks be to God." At the end of it, we get the ironic blessing, and after that, 
we say, he says, peace be with you. Peace be with you as well. And we're technically yeah, and credo awesome. Baptists. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, like uh, one of these days we're going to do a uh, liturgy series, Ooh. which I'm excited. I'm excited for. But I love liturgy. Yeah, liturgy is fantastic. Uh, and I think there's a way that you can do it without it being like drawn, like droning and boring. Yeah. Like, like I think I think there's a misconception when it comes to liturgy in the American church. It's just kind of high church, boring old catholic right uh lutheran uh, yeah, yeah that's right the super like high-pitched <laughs> choir boys in the back like gregorian chants. Gregorian <laughs> that's right yeah no no, no. liturgy is legit i love liturgy um but what we're talking about specifically is at this service we only sing hymns and at this service we only sing oh, uh, contemporary songs uh you, you very quickly get very distinctly two separate churches yeah yeah, yeah. when that is your model yep yeah yeah, for sure. Well, good. All right. Well, um, I am going to hand this over to Jack. Jack, you're going to get us out of here in style. In style. style. Yep. Style it up, brother. Style it up. Well, pretend, I don't know. Pretend this is like this is this is uh, this is second service, ladies you know, and thi- gentlemen. Things are loose. You know, like we've already preached it once. You know, like you start to ad lib a little bit more. I don't know if I can do that with style without people actually seeing what I'm wearing or something like that. Or even you do like, have nice shoes on. I do. These You've got are, some fly shoes. Uh, these are Cole Hans. Um, these are nice. These are like my go-to dress shoe right here. So they're pretty fly. Yes, I have to say. Yes, nice like brown, reddish cherry tan with yeah. a shine on them. Yeah, aren't those the ones you wore at your wedding? I think they are. I think they are. They look yeah. familiar. Yeah, I think they are too. Yeah. So. In any case, I don't know if that's an allegory to something, but whatever. Uh, Somebody will make it into one. So, people, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you appreciate the stylings and the vacillations and the conversations that we have here on the Reformatory, you can leave us a five-star review, like Josh said, and you can just put emojis on that. I don't care. Just three emojis and then hit send. Give Um, us those prayer hands. (laughs) Or you know, five star, five three star, fires, three fires. <laughs> I feel like With two hands like raised in like adoration. I feel like this is gonna be like a, a bingo, like a casino, something like if you, <laughs> yeah, if you put like three fires, we will give you a book or something. That's right, jackpot. <laughs> give us one of those jackpot um, reviews. So. If you want to leave us a review, please do so. We uh, definitely spur you to do that. Also, find us on the sociables, if you will. The Facebook, the Zuck site. Zuckers. The Twitter, the Little Blue Bird site. The Tweaker, the tweakers. if you were. And the Instant Gram. The Grammers. Not to be confused with Cracker or Graham Crackers, if you will. So. Gramules. Gramules. Yeah. <laughs> All you can, all our tags are at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can lo- tell the lovely people how they can take their money that they would spend at a casino and then waste it on us. That's right. <laughs> if you want to put your money towards something that guarantees you a jackpot, you can take those coins that you would normally bet on 14 black <laughs> on the roulette table and you can throw them our way uh, for less than. Uh, well, it's not less than. It's exactly $5. $5 a month. Uh, you, too, could become a Patreon supporter and have your name hallowed. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast if you appreciate Jack and I's attempt to make the local church central in the lives of believers. Love each other well. Serve your church. And do good to one another. Amen. We thank you all 
for listening. And we will catch you on the next step of The Reformatory. (laughs) 